So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Must listen to if you are an agent, Dynamite NRG. Every podcast has great nuggets to add to your business, and if you aren't investing in passive income businesses, you should be. <laughs> Little extra advice there, guys. You should be investing in horizontal income. Absolutely. I agree a lot with Dynamite NRG. Five stars. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Okay, Rockstar Nation, listen, uh, we have a super returning guest. I got Amanda Howard from Huntsville, Alabama, who is the number <laughs> one agent, uh, number one agent, uh, according to Real Trends, in uh, Alabama, and she's knocking it dead there. She ranks, you know, in the Inc. 5000. She's got offices in northern uh, Alabama, southern Florida, just doing all kinds of stuff, uh, has her own company, Amanda Howard Real Estate. And uh, we're going to get into some nitty gritties here today about how to shift your team in a shifting market. What changes in the market do so that you have to make changes in your team? And she's done some really neat stuff that's working effectively. And we're going to dig deep into that today. So, Amanda, welcome back to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much, Pat. I appreciate you having me back. Hey, Amanda, why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they get to know you better? Okay. Well, we have uh, we started an independent company in 2009, Amanda Howard Real Estate. I moved here in 2004 not knowing anyone. That's when I started fresh in the real estate business uh, with a, my husband, and a two-year-old and a two-month-old. So I was really just figuring out the ropes and learning as I went and was able to, to throw a lot on the wall to see what would stick and learn from a lot of failures. But I learned what to do and how to do it the right way. And my husband joined me after uh, about a year and a half of the first year I became Rookie of the Year and top producing agent for the company. And we grew pretty quickly just in creating systems with him in the back, um, working on our systems and our back end of everything, uh, websites and all of that, creating our, our follow-up plans. And then for me, being the forefront person, working independently, and I was able to connect with you way back then, which was about 2006, I want to say, um, as well as several other incredible agents that became mentors of mine. And I just learned very quickly uh, from them and what I could bring back to Huntsville and implement and start a team. Like I said, fast forwarding, we went independent 2009, November of 2009. We were actually kicked out of the office we were in 
Uh, we knew we were going to go on our own. We just didn't realize it was going to be that quickly. And uh, 2010, our first full year, we actually went up in our business by 22%, which was almost unheard of from my mentors who said, you will the first year expect to go down in business because you lose name recognition. It was actually a catapult for us uh, because our name had gotten out there in a positive manner. And uh, with our community, we remain very, very involved. Our team is completely built around it. It's a team-centric company. So our team, we work as a team together still. And we focus on the customer. It's always about the customer. It needs to be, really, and, and what we do as a service industry. And But we did a lot of tying in with our community and local charities. And it's it's really helped us grow and become who we are as a culture, uh, live up to our core values, and so that the community understands what we do, not only in our service to them as our client, helping them achieve their dream, whether it's to buy or sell, but we're also helping the community around us to continue to grow and be a, a strong community of local leaders and uh, protect our community with the growth of some of the charities that we're, we're involved with. That's awesome. It's what some would call a teamerage. Yes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to some nitty-gritty. So your teamerage, how many houses did you sell last year? Last year, 2016, we sold 710 houses, or we say family served. 710 family served. And what was your ECI, or as we like, some people like to call it the GCI. I like to call it ECI for ego commission income. But what was your, what was your total gross income there? I am embarrassed. To say I'm actually pulling that up now because I don't even remember. We really do focus on our families, and that is the, the number we pull. And we focus on each year. Okay. Well, how many, do you, do you know your volume or, or roughly? The, and that's, I would, I don't want to say the wrong volume. I want to say it was around 170 million, but I want to, I want to pull that to be sure I'm giving you the right sales volume. Yeah, that's all right. And that would be average sale price of like 220, something like that. Sound about right? Exactly. That is right. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in your market. And you can, if you pulled that up, what, uh, what's going on in your market? Like are you buyer's market, seller's market? Tell me a little bit what's shifting there. And then we're going to talk about how you're shifting to meet that. We are a seller's market right now. And what we're seeing is that I, I believe it's kind of happening all over the place, it, all over the, the, the U.S. as it seems to be a shift of, to a seller's market. And when you do shift to a seller's market, what happens is not only do our clients think it's easy to sell, you know, what, what it is that we, we do. They think the job is, they question our commission more. They think it's easier to just go with the first person. But we also find our agents do as well. So sellers Sorry, think actually, yeah. <laughs> sellers think it's easy. I was having trouble pulling that up, so I just passed it over to uh, my sales manager. I said, "Just give me the volume." Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the sellers say, "Oh, well, you know, I'm just going to go with the first agent or a discount broker because, I mean, everybody's house is selling. You can throw a sign in the yard, and I can maybe just sell this house at five percent. So why do I need to use a, a top of the line agent? Whereas when it's the opposite, when it's a buyer's market then they, they go, you know, this is serious. It's like when you're 
you are under serious attack in a medical condition, you say, I only want the best because this is critical. When they're in home sale critical status, they want the best of the best because they know you've got a, a track record. But when it's, you know, a seller's market, all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's easy. Let me just go ahead and use the first agent that comes up that offers me a discount. So, so it just shifts the dynamic. So would you are, are like discount brokerages flourishing in Huntsville, Alabama now where five years ago they didn't exist or they were hard to find? I don't see them flourishing, but I see more coming in. And that's because it's becoming, they see that it's easy. Uh, that is a process that people are open to now where before they were not open to it. So now we are starting to get some of those uh, for sale by owner using the MLS coming in and into Huntsville, where as before, I believe they were only in the larger markets, you know, San Diego, California, these larger areas that there was just so many agents out there that I believe it's easier uh, for them to get some recognition. In our market, we're, we're a smaller market. We're about a 350,000 person metro market. Okay. Okay. So you see them creeping in, but you don't see them like blanketing. Like I know in some areas of Phoenix, Arizona, they've blanketed the area or, and you know, um, and also what uh, some markets I'm talking to people uh, has drastically changed is some of the discount brokerages, not in the term of, Hey, we'll list your property for a discounted commission, but in the terms of, Hey, we'll give you the agent a hundred percent split. And all you got to do is pay us $150 a month or something like that. So they're discount brokerages yeah. to the agent. Are you having any struggles with that? We are seeing that that's what it's something that we have to oppose or, or prove why we have a value there. I don't, I, I hesitate to say the word you use of struggle. Are we struggling with it? No, we're, we're not struggling with it. However, is it a reality of today that we are hearing on a daily basis as we interview? Absolutely, it is. And I do have that number. The dollar volume was 133000 So our average uh, price per home was a little bit less than what we were thinking. But um, so on that dollar volume, still 710 families served, $133 million is what we, we closed last year. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Awesome. So yes, that reality of as we grow as brokerages, we do have to, uh, if you're not showing a value to your agent, there's no reason for the agent to be there or they should be getting 
Right. So what do you it's do? It's the way the agents are so looking you, at it. So what do you do? Let's say I am an agent I'm interviewing. I'm like, okay, well, I want to come to the Amanda Howard team or I'm going to come to XYZ Real Estate where I only got to pay, you know, 150 bucks a month. What, what, what do you say? Then we have to find out what are they getting for that $150 a month. And what it comes down to is you know, there's, there's personalities of people that thrive in certain environments. Some people really do, maybe they work better when they're on their own and they're independent and they've got the drive and the tenacity to want to push and create their own team. That's awesome. That's great. That's what true entrepreneurship is. And that's what the American way. We want people to be able to flourish when they have that drive and that desire. Not everyone has that desire. Otherwise, we'd be, and though we have hundreds of businesses in each one of our towns from our entrepreneurs, there's still, it's not the desire of every person, a man or woman's heart. Some people want to make a great living and have a balanced life where they can play hard when they're at home. They can work harder when they're at work, but they don't want to work 24-7 like a driven entrepreneur or a business owner is going to be doing. That's just not their desire. So what we do is we are looking specifically for those people that are the personality type of wanting to have a balanced life. Having the time with their children is important to them. Having the time with their spouse is important to them. Having a support system of somebody that is there to help them and provide for them the business opportunities so that they can close deals while they don't have to deal with the rigmarole of everything else going on behind the scenes in the transaction coordinating and the marketing and messing with signs and they don't want to deal with that, then what we offer is great for them and they see the value in it. And we do explain that value. And that's what's important for the teams to do now in order to survive this is understand we're not for everyone. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. It's just finding those people that are you are the right fit for and showing them the value that you can bring to their lives into their business. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're really letting them know kind of up front, well, we might not be a fit for you either, right? Because you don't want to lose, you don't want to lose, sounds like you don't want to lose them in six months when they say, I don't want all this support. You know, I'd rather be a workaholic and just do it all all on my own. Right. Right. Like I said, there's some people that are that way who want that. That's been great for them. I was that way. I wanted that. But there's others who are here on our team that could not be happier. They're making six figures, a very comfortable six figures. They're very happy in their life. They've got a good balance with their family and at work. And their best friends are at work. They talk about it on an almost daily basis, the culture here. And that when they come to work, they don't wake up in the morning like, man, I got to go to work. They talk about, I remember the days when I was waking up upset that I had to go to work, and now I wake up excited that I can't wait to get to work. I'm excited to come in and be surrounded by my friends, learn, be encouraged, have this positive motivation, and provide an excellent living for myself and my family. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. And, you know, do you see that by offering that? Is it a retention tool? You, you know, and that's a kind of a rhetorical question. I know it's a huge retention tool, but I guess my real question is, so what do you do when you have people that you've raised, you've taught them everything they know, and then they're like, hey, you know, Amanda, now I want to be like you. I want to go off on my own. I want to start my own thing. Um, or go to a discount brokerage and pay a couple hundred bucks a month. Do you let them go happily? Do you let them go and say, you know what, you're right. I understand you're you're you were a good fit, but you're not anymore because you you need to go from a cocoon to a butterfly, go off on your own to one of these discount brokers, or do you say, let me figure out a way to keep you? It's gonna each person is treated like an individual because they are an individual, and if that story does come up, that storyline that you just shared of, you know, they say, you know, I think I'm ready for a change. Don't know which, you know, it could go in multiple directions. And I've had the change talk with a few people. We've had two people who've said, I'm ready for a change. You have to keep digging. Okay. What is that change? But keeping with the, the mentorship that we have in our office, because we have these constant discussions of goals, not only for business, but in personal life, we kind of know what's coming. So we've had two individuals who have gone off with they're ready for the change, which that change for them was to start their own company, but it was in a different field. And while we're sad that they left, we're also pretty darn excited that they are still in touch with us and they tell us about how they're able to utilize some of the systems that we've taught them in their own businesses to be able to help them grow as they're now achieving what they wanted to do. And we still have a great working relationship. They're still sending us referrals, and it's awesome. We also have had, in the same instance, people who have left and said, uh, you know, this is just, I don't want to be on a team. We're also happy for them to go because if it's not, if it's not a good fit for them, it's not a good fit for us. And it's also been a constant conversation that we were having on a weekly or maybe sometimes even twice a week basis to say, okay, this is not working out well for us. Either you need to shift or we need to shift, but we can't keep going down that same path because of the level of service we provide for our agents and the level of service we expect our agents to then deliver to our customers. We have to be all on the same page. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And so it's a very, it's still a good conversation to be had. Wow. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, I mean, looking back, like the last time you came on, for instance, right, it was episode 34. This episode is going to come <laughs> out and it's going to be close to 600. So it's been over three years, right, since you were on the show. And I'm just curious, if someone went back and listened to episode 34 and listened to what you were like and what your team was like three years ago, right? And then they looked at your team now. What changes have you made, would you say, in that time frame? I would say the, the biggest changes that we made was we, that we were all focused on customer service and system. I think that's what it was, really. Was we were focused on customer service and systems back then because we were in our growth phase of, holy moly, we've got to do this. We've got to get this worked out. And it all came down to systems and delivering the service that we wanted consistently through the people, the agents that we had with us. Now, as we have grown, because let's say, gosh, three years ago, where I don't, I can't remember our agent count three years ago, but I do know that 
just this last year, we had 29 agents. And so I would, I would venture to say we may have only been seven or eight agents at that time when I was first on. Now it has shifted from we've got our, our systems tied in. We know what our message is that we are delivering to the community. We know our culture. We know our core values. Everybody here has internalized it and believes it. But what has changed is we now solved another missing piece that we didn't have then that was a focus on our agents as our customers. Because now as we've grown, I am no longer in the sales. I'm no longer in that day-to-day working with the customer along with them. Now I'm leading them. And in order to lead them, that means I need to serve them. And the best way I can serve them is to offer incredible mentorship, find out where are their fears, where are their needs, and what's important to them individually, and be able to help them achieve those things. And that's where it comes down to we really need to have a lot of one-on-one time with all of them. And it's as we grow, it becomes a little harder for me alone to do it. So we've had to bring in a sales manager and operations manager who can also then help with the, the two departments because our two departments are so critical and key to any great team or business, which is your sales department and your operations department. They both are so critical to each other. We have to be working together. They have to have great synergy and they have to, they both need excellent support of themselves. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So that's now where we've gone is what we offer our agents has been our prime focus for going on two years, not quite yet. It's been about a year and a half that we have just been all of our time, focus, energy, and additional dollars has gone into our agents and how to make them happy, how to make them, is a better workplace for them, how to support our support team to let them know how they are the heart of our business. We can't survive without them. And just ensuring everybody knows how each piece is very critical. They, we can't do this without somebody uh, being involved. Yeah, I love that because, you know, here's the thing. So you figured out that customer service can be systematized, which it can be. But sometimes you have to uh, systematize it the Amanda Howard way, right? You want to do it your way. So you spend some time figuring that out, but then it can be systematized in, in checklists and reminders and 
software that can be like, on this day, you call this person and say thank you. On this day, you right. write this thank you note and do this. On this day, you do this, right? So it can be systematized. How are you now systematizing agent service instead of customer service? How are you, how, what are you doing to make sure that your 29 agents feel like this is the best job they've ever had and, and I want to come to work every day? Give me some uh, specific examples so people listening could do it in their teams. Sure. Besides the fact that you need to have that face-to-face time with them, you need to, it sounds silly because it's so basic, but just to ask them. They seriously ask them. Don't just walk by the hall and say, hey, how are you doing? Do you like it here? It needs to be a, a serious one-on-one conversation where they know you're looking eyeball to eyeball to them and you mean it from the bottom of your heart of, are you happy? Are you getting what you need to feel fulfilled here in your job? Is there anything we can do for you to help you be more successful in your position? Those are the critical questions that we ask and we ask them all. And that, that does come to me because the buck stops with me as the leader. Though I have managers over them that I expect them to ask those questions, I can't, it still stops with the leader. And for me, I have to be out there talking to them. But the other way that we're doing that is we do have scripts and dialogue training still every morning, which we did do that before, way back when. But we still do that four days a week, and that is open for everyone. The first six months, we strongly encourage them to be there for three out of the four days a week. For people that have been here for more than six months, we ask them to please come help to mentor at least once a week or once every other week, depending on you know, their work schedules and home life schedules. And they all do it. They actually are excited to do it because they see the interaction and the help it gives. Then we also started a mentorship program that has really blown it out of the water for us this year. And though it it is more of an expense on the business, we know there's going to be a bell curve. We know that this will change and it's going to help because we've already seen it with the people that we brought on this year. They have gained knowledge so much quicker. They have personally told me and others that they feel such a deeper connection here than they have anywhere else. And it's because they've had a, a direct one-on-one mentor that's not management. It's not a sales manager. It wasn't me. It was another just associate. It was somebody who's already great at what they do. And they've been with the team for a long time that they took them under the wing as their new best friend and said, Hey, welcome to the team. I'm now your mentor. Do you have any questions about contracts? I don't care if it's middle of the night. I don't care if it's on Sunday in the middle of church. You text me. You call me. You, If we're sitting next to, we're going to sit next to each other from here for the next few deals. Why don't you just ask me what you need and I'm going to, you can shadow me. I'll shadow you. Whatever you need, we're here to make sure that you close some deals. So those first couple deals, they're no longer feeling like, oh, I'm kind of scared to go ask my sales manager how to, uh, write a contract or how to go through a request for repairs again, because I know that they just explained it to me three times or how do I work the phone system? The phone systems are always different in every office. All of a sudden they, they feel embarrassed or silly to, or that they might, somebody might think they're stupid if they ask that question, but they feel comfortable asking their mentor because their mentor is just an associate sitting right next to them. That's doing this right along with them. 
So that's really brought it in uh, very strong in a, in a really neat way because we've seen the friendships grow quicker. We see people aren't feeling like an outcast or like, you know, you're, when you're the new kid in school, you get transferred to a new state. You walk into school, you're uncomfortable. You're in a classroom of 27 other kids and they all know each other. They all eat together at lunch. They all are playing together on the playground, but you're the one that's left out unless you want to push your way in and that's uncomfortable. It doesn't change when you become a grown up. So people will walk into a new office and they're like, I'm the new kid in school. Nobody's going to talk to me. Not here. When they walk in the door here, they already have a, a best friend who's going to be there with them, introducing them to everybody, taking them to lunch, showing them all the cool places to hang out, inviting them to the socials, doing after hours. So that creates a whole new dynamic. And what are, what are the economics of that? We're like, what does the mentor get paid and what does the mentee get paid? Tell me about that. The mentee gets paid an override on every transit, the first four transactions that the mentee does. So, and the mentee does not, it's not an expense to the mentee. It, it is an expense to the company. However, that's why I said it, it's especially for us testing this out. We've not had anybody else do this that we know of. So we're testing it out. It does eat away at our, you know, the profits. However, we know that there is going to be a bell curve because of the agents that are coming on. They're getting cemented into the culture quicker and they're writing contracts faster. So they are learning at a much quicker rate and they're staying with us. That's the other important thing. They're staying because they're happy. They're now in with their best friends who are also happy with them because they were paid and the the mentee is happy to know that their mentor was being paid. Right. It makes right. them feel so they, good they too. They feel guilty for wasting their time, like you said, on, Correct. on a Correct. Sunday. Yeah. So it's a win-win situation for, I should say it's a win-win-win situation because it's the mentor, the mentee, and the company. It's, it's great for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, man. So, you know, we have this agent toolbox that uh, our guests come on and, and donate things into the toolbox and we offer a free, free access to this toolbox with all these different gifts that agents that have come on have given us uh, to put in there. And you're going to give us an interview checklist. Uh, what is this? Tell me about it. Yes, we have found that there are certain questions you need to ask to be able to find the, the perfect candidate for the position that you're filling. And so we have, and it's, they're going to be different based off of if it's going to be for a sales agent or if it's going to be off of an operations person. So we formulated some questions from previous coaches going to conferences. We've changed them. We've added to them. We've had our own list. And then we read a powerful book called who, uh, which is how to, the reasons you ask the questions you're asking, because some people are really great interviewers, you find out afterwards, and you'll hire them like, whoa, this person is not at all who I hired. We've gone through all this. So uh, we've been, we've had our, our list pretty well scrubbed and improved upon over the years so that this is the list that we use when we interview for our sales positions or our operations positions. And we've found that some agents have also found it to be very helpful. So we wanted to share that since we've spent such a, a long time over the years to create this detailed list of questions to ask. 
Yeah, well, that'd be great. I look forward to seeing that. And uh, well, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link to the book she mentioned, Who, uh, on hybendigital.com backslash Amanda Howard 2, the number 2, Amanda Howard, the number 2. And then I'm also going to put a link to that uh, questionnaire that she created. And I'll also put it in the toolbox, which will be on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. Or you can text the word toolbox to 444 999. I'll put it at uh, both of those spots. So anyways, Amanda, this, this has been awesome. I, um, I'm so excited to see your growth. So excited to see all these things changes. Thanks so, thanks so much for coming on today and giving everybody an update. Well, thank you for having me again, Pat. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Amanda. I'll talk to you soon. Great. Talk to you soon. Thank you for turning into Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.